Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Avenue. I'm Taylor Haas. You're not Jordan. <laughs> Danny is joining us. <laughs> Jordan's on vacation in Florida right now. So Danny, uh, filling in because we couldn't miss two weeks in a row. Uh, Danny, how you doing? I just want the people to know that you don't know what Keenan and Kel is before we get started. <laughs> you already put me on blast on Twitter. Now we're going to do this for the entire world to see. I, I'm just flabbergasted. I can't, I can't believe it. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't spend too much time thinking about that because I yeah, think it makes me feel old. Have to move on. <laughs> we are. Uh, we have a lot to talk about because Jordan and I haven't recorded, uh, you know, in two weeks. But training camp is underway, and I covered practice today, uh, Wednesday in Cranberry, and today was the first day where we saw really two teams. Um, they normally do this about halfway through camp, where they they break it up into kind of an NHL group and more of a depth prospect Wilkes-Barre group. So we we first saw that division today. Before we get into the, the way they divided these groups up, we have to at least give injury updates. Um, so Jeff Carter did not practice. Um, upper body, day-to-day. Sullivan did say he's making progress. Casperi uh, Kapanen, he's sick. Sounds like nothing major. So he should be in this group soon um, as well. And then the other NHL um Injured guy, Teddy Bluger, he uh, suffered an upper body injury in practice. None of us saw what happened to him, um, but he's still being evaluated, so uh, couldn't even begin to guess uh, a timeline or anything like that. But I think uh, he out of there early to go get a haircut. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're going to talk about the hair in another segment. But um, <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, so for let's just look at the NHL group. Um, so top line, Gensel, Crosby, Raquel, we saw that um, preseason. We thought that would kind of happen. Uh, Zucker, Malkin, Rust, we saw that. And then, so the bottom, uh, I can't even call it a bottom six because they didn't have six forwards to fill out, you know, that. Yeah, it's uh, basically just a slew of, of depth forwards and guys like, oh, yeah, like I wouldn't mind having him like on the fourth line. And it's just all those guys. Yeah. So the the five who well it's the bottom five because Teddy left but um, McGinn Paling Archibald Heinen and Zahorna um, Heinen and Zahorna just worked as as a pair uh, they had Mark Friedman filling in uh, so those those are the the depth forwards who filled in um, with the with the NHL group I guess we can talk about just the notable uh, omissions. Uh, 
Well, I, I definitely think that uh, that really starts with Drew O'Connor, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who last season probably had gotten to a point where he could spend the entire season in the NHL, if if not close to it. And, you know, he made some major strides this offseason. He looks pretty quick. And I, I don't see him as a guy that's ever going to be like some, you know, scoring threat in the middle six or even in the top six or the second line or whatever. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that this is a player who can positively impact the Penguins in a bottom six role. And even though Mike Sullivan said he prefers him at, at wing for now, he could potentially play center too if they absolutely needed him to. But the problem is, is that, the Penguins are up against a salary cap right now, and he's one of the uh, two players that are um, exempt exempt from going on waivers to start the season, along with Ty Smith. So he might just end up being a casualty, even if he really deserves a roster spot. Yeah, I, I did ask Hextall about that. You know, when when they spoke, like, are the guys like O'Connor and Smith really at a disadvantage for for making this roster, like, do they have to be that much better, um, like significantly better than the other options to make, um, to make the NHL roster? And he said, you know, like they will find a spot for those guys if they earn it, but he did say that it is a a factor in the discussion. So um, yeah, that's tough. So, you know, he's exempt from waivers and the guys like Pustin and Holander uh, and Poulin, uh, they were in the Wilkes-Barre group too, exempt from waivers. I think, all of those guys see NHL time at some point, but again, with like yeah, the, I, I, the the injury bugs are going to come around eventually, and as we're already <laughs> seeing right now, that it's it's hitting, and we're you know several several preseason games into this, so the the injury bug will definitely come knocking, and um, at, at one point or another, I'd be shocked if all the players we just mentioned don't get into at least several NHL games this year. Yeah, Poulin, he was asked um, after practice today, you know, how close he thinks he is to um, the NHL. And he said, you know, he thinks he could play there this season. But he's like, you never know how things are with injuries. He's like, you know, sometimes they just stay healthy and there's not a spot. I'm like, are you talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins? Sam Poulin, have you? (laughs) (laughs) They're down two centers already from the first couple, like, there's going to be a spot for you, Sam Poulin. Um, other uh, I, of the guys who do need waivers to go down, I guess the surprising um, guys who started in the Wilkes-Barre group, Alex Nylander a little bit, I uh, just a little surprising. I, I, I think he's someone that, that could um, see NHL time too. It seems like uh, pace is the issue with him. Sullivan said they want to see yeah. him play with more pace. Yeah, and, I, um, I immediately started to pick up on that after, yeah. after Sullivan kind of mentioned that. You can see it. Like, obviously, the guy's got he's, – he's pretty skilled, but then you see it. It's his decision-making, his feet, his legs, how quick he's able to move and, and cut and, and just make decisions. It, uh, it's not quite at an NHL pace, and um, if, if it doesn't significantly improve, he's probably never going to be a guy who – um, is going to be, you know, toward the top of any lineup, which means he's going to have to be good at some of the the less sexy things in hockey, like playing defense and and being good along the wall. And I don't, I just don't know that he's there yet. Yeah, his his two way game is definitely something that uh, they want to see him work work on too. With the skating, I, I think you also have to remember he did miss the entire twenty twenty one season, so I don't know if that's still a factor here, and that's maybe he's still kind of come back trying to come back from that um it was it was a knee injury he he had been training on it for three months and then uh because you know it's a delayed start to the season august it started not feeling right for him 
uh, he ended up needing surgery to repair a torn meniscus in his knee. Um, and he missed the entire 2021 season. And then, so yeah, last season uh, was really about just kind of getting back up to, to form for him. So I don't know if that's something um, that his speed just hasn't caught up yet. Uh, Drake Kajula is the other one who, um, I, it's, I don't know where he's going to start. I, I think in the beginning I had him pegged for Wilkesbury, and then I was like, well, maybe not. And now I'm like, well, I, I think maybe Wilkesbury. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was thinking when they signed him on the first day of free agency. I was like, okay, like that's just you know fodder for the AHL. And then as camp began, he started on a line with Evgeny Malkin and Brian Rust, which you know Pustinen was up on the top line with Crosby and Gensel. So obviously none of that's etched in stone, but you know it, it at least shows that the coaching staff at least saw some potential with him there. And then um, in the preseason split squad game in Columbus, I thought he was. One one of the best players out on the ice for the Penguins. And, you know, after I talked with him and, and realized this is a guy who has never played an AHL game before, he's spent his entire six or seven uh, year pro career in the NHL. So he he wants to keep that streak going. And I, I don't know that the Penguins are going to have a spot for him right now. Um, but he, he definitely appears to – he's intriguing right now. I, I don't think he played as well. Um, on uh, Tuesday night's game against the Red Wings. But, um, you know, you, you can never have too many depth options. Yeah, uh, zero surprises with, with the defense, the way they divided it up. They, they did just uh, have an extra pair in, in the NHL group. Um, so the same defenseman that we saw in the, the real dress rehearsal preseason game against uh, Detroit, Doolin, Latang, Pedersen, uh, Petri, Smith, Ruda, and then Joseph, Chad Ruedel, and Mark Friedman rotated with Mark Friedman sometimes stepping up to play forward. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing really interesting there about just how they divided it. Um, with the forwards, we also have Josh Archibald was with the NHL group. Are you surprised at that or no? I don't think he should be there, but I'm not surprised by it at all. And yeah. I've been telling everybody this since the start. There, before anybody knew that the Penguins were signing Archibald, it was his first day of free agency. All the Penguins media is waiting on Hextall to show up, right? And Hextall shows up, and Elliot Friedman tweets out that he hears Johan Larson had just signed with the Penguins. So I asked Hextall, I was like, can you confirm that you have just signed Johan Larson? And he, like, guffawed and was like, <laughs> and then he was like, well, I can't confirm that, but I can confirm Josh Archibald's going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. And he was like, just so proud of the fact that he had just signed Archibald or at least came off that way. Um, so just the fact that they signed him on the first day of free agency and, and the way Hextall reacted and, and his expression when he let everybody know that he was signing Archibald, it, it was pretty clear that they had plans for him to start in the NHL. So I, I'm not surprised by it, but I also don't think he should be there especially, you know, over some of these guys. I, I know O'Connor, like we just talked about, he's exempt from waivers and he can help him get under the cap, but he's twice the player that Archibald is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Archibald, just that contract. Uh, I mean, it's a one-way, which I, I feel like you could have gotten him on a two-way. Again, that that has nothing to do with waivers or where they can play, just about where they get paid if they do get sent down. But if you're giving a guy a one-way, and especially they're paying him 900000 so like a little bit above like league minimum. Um, I feel like you could have gotten him for less than that. But also just giving him a one-way to start is really an indication that 
they do plan to keep him up because you don't want to be paying a guy nearly a million dollars to play in Wilkes-Barre. Um, so, right. and, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just ridiculous to me. I, I can't imagine there were GMs around the league lining up for Josh Archibald, and if they were, you probably should have just let them. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially with he missed so much time last season with um, – the myocarditis from not getting vaccinated, uh, play, playing in Canada, I think was a concern. Like it, he was not a hot commodity, uh, but uh, they really liked him. Uh, and so these groups are not set in stone. Sullivan did say that, you know, we'll probably see some movement um, within the groups, uh, guys starting, um, maybe guys can move it up to the NHL group. Maybe some guys go down, but this is just what they, uh, came up with based on performance in the exhibition games and we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about those exhibition games so stick with with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, and we are back. The Penguins have played three Exhibition games so far, the split squad game against uh, Columbus. I covered the one at home. You covered the one on the road. And then uh, the, it looked like an NHL dress rehearsal against Detroit. Detroit was more like the Grand Rapids Griffins, and the Grand Rapids Griffins blew them out. We'll talk about like maybe that game a little bit later. But just, just from the, the exhibition games you've seen so far, what have been some of your takeaways? Uh, do, do we want to start with the positives or the negatives? Let's, let's do positives. Okay, positives. <laughs> Marcus Patterson is in for a good season, and he is finally going to earn the respect that I think he should have been given since he arrived as a Penguin. And I, I think he had it at one point, and then people started to see that, you know, he gets he gets blown up because he's not as, as hefty as some guys, and all of a sudden he's, he's soft and no good for this defense but I think Marcus Pedersen is in for a very very good season especially next to Jeff Petrie um, I think both of them are going to be able to get the most out of each other especially um, leveraging their best skill sets Marcus is a is someone who's very good in his in his own end coverage wise he's really good in rush defense Petrie can get the puck up ice with breakout passes from his basically his own goal line he can skate the puck if he needs to um, so I, I think they really complement each other well um Pedersen even told me um you know he he spent the offseason working on getting stronger in the corners and and at the net front and all that and even during the uh the Red Wings preseason game we saw him make a really nice move to activate along the wall in the offensive zone kind of made a nice little move I don't, I don't even know what to call it it was like a, a pivot off the wall almost and then he found Brock McGinn sitting all alone in the slot hit him with a pass and uh and he ripped it home so I think he's really trending in the in the right direction. He said he wants to bring his offense back a little more uh, closer to a level that it was at a couple of seasons ago. Um, and, and, you know, he said even though Petrie is more of a high-end offensive guy, that doesn't mean that he can't step up into the rush too. He said, you know, if I jump up, I know he's got my back, and he knows that if he jumps up, I've got his back. 
Yeah. One of the guys who has stood out as uh, making one of the, the biggest uh, improvements from last season redeems the Horna. He, so he's one of the, the depth forwards, you know, fighting for very few spots. He might be some of the, you know, does go on waivers and starts in Wilkesbury. But the thing with him um, bef- last season really was just his pace. Um, being able to play with pace, but then maintain that pace from, you know, shift to shift or over the course of a game. Um, and he, we've talked about it in our, our recap videos after, you know, the camp days, but he was sick to start the season. He said he didn't feel right for three months. He doesn't know what it was. Um, still doesn't know. And then even when he did start feeling better, his conditioning was still just zapped. So that's, I think people were looking at him and they're just like, okay, big guy who can't slow, can't skate or, you know, slow down over the course of a game. But it's not really that. It's just that he um, was really behind the eight ball from the start of the season. And then he, you can't really play catch up like that over the course of the season. Uh, so finally healthy, he did have a full summer in the gym. And he he, lost, he said he did focus on getting lighter. Uh, he said he lost around six or eight pounds is what he told me. Uh, and he feels lighter and he feels faster on the ice. Sullivan said he's noticeably a step faster. And then watching him in the game in Columbus, um, he did say that he, he does seem to be better at maintaining that pace over the course of a game. Um, and, yeah, just just watching him, you can tell that he's, he's moving a whole lot better. So and and I think that that really bodes well for him because even before he you know got to this new conditioning level or, or whatever it may be, I at least in my opinion I think he's been pretty good when he's been in the lineup with the Penguins over the past two seasons and especially um, really good on the defensive side of the puck and it's not necessarily because of all the work he's doing in the defensive zone but the things he's doing all over the ice are is keeping the puck away from the Penguins end. Like I, I think in a, across all the NHL games he's played so far, the Penguins have only given up like a handful of goals with him on the ice. Um, and, and obviously that some of that is due to some strong goaltending as well. But um, I, I think that if, if he is better than the player that we've seen already, that, you know, he's he's another intriguing option, not necessarily a guy who's going to play in the top six, but you need all of the capable depth bottom six forwards that you can. And, you know, I, he's another guy that it, it has some intrigue. Yeah, Valtteri Pustinen, just interesting watching in this camp too, I think, because so now he is working with the AHL group, at least for now. He is waivers exempt. He'll probably start down there. But um, the first couple of days of camp when they were kind of just, you know, guys were spread, over, spread out over three groups. What Sullivan likes to do for those kinds of days is you start with pairs. So established pairs that you know work well together and then the third guy on that uh forward line is someone like a depth guy or a prospect uh so that you think will work well together with them just to help them get acclimated get comfortable and so what Sullivan did for the first line was Gensel Crosby because you know they work well together and the other guy on that line is Valtteri Pustinen that's not because Valtteri Pustinen is going to start on the first line at when the puck drops on the regular season but uh it's hard to not Notice that he didn't really look out of place there, at least in the limited action that we saw him there. Um, I mean, they he he definitely looked like they had been playing together before. (laughs) Yeah, just in the in the scrimmages, they were doing a great job of just finding each other on the ice. They'd had great chemistry, and then 
Um, just the way they were able, able to set each other up. I mean, Gensel found Pustin in for a couple of his, his one-timers crazy. It's like a rocket. From the left circle, that's where he is in Wilkes-Barre's power play. If you watch him in warm-ups in Wilkes-Barre, he just stands at that spot and just like one-timers, one-timers. <laughs> and it, it shows. And just seeing like him be able to use that shot and with like, you know, Crosby and Gensel setting him up and then he's able to find them too. Um, it's, it's really interesting. And I mean, you think he's going to, come up at some point during the season he maybe he does get in on in the top six maybe on the top line when he does come up i i mean sullivan sullivan said as much when we asked about him playing with with crosby and gensel throughout the first few days of camp he's like look we're trying to put guys in positions just to succeed and he's one of those guys who we potentially see thriving in a role like that when he gets up here so um, uh, unless, uh, uh, Ricard Raquel or, or Brian Rust are out, I don't know that he's going to have an opportunity to do that. Um, but you know, it, it, I think it speaks volumes that, that Sullivan almost went out of his way to be like, yeah, you know, we definitely see him potentially playing in that spot when he gets up here. Yeah. Uh, Jason Zucker, we can probably touch on too, just the fact that he's helping. <laughs> um, cause he really, even when he was healthy, Last season and in the lineup, he really wasn't healthy for most of it. Um, for more than half of the season, he was really battling the same core muscle injury. It just things he had it. He was trying to work through it for a while. I remember it was starting maybe early December that he kept having maintenance days, uh, missing practice, and uh, eventually they just kept getting more frequent. Then he had a surgery. He comes back. He got hurt, <laughs> and then by you know, the playoffs, he, it's the same thing. He was so uncomfortable that he couldn't even sit, like, on the bench between shifts. They had to bring, like, a little bar stool, put it, like, in the tunnel, and he was sitting up there. So it's hard to really judge uh, his season last year when he was healthy because he was obviously not feeling okay. And when I talked to him, too, he said a, lot, a big part of it was mentals. Like, when he was in the lineup, he, he was also just afraid that it was, he said it was going to pop again. Um, so he, at clean-out day, he said he didn't know if surgery was going to be necessary. Um, they kind of looked at all their options over the summer, decided he didn't need surgery. He was making enough progress rehabbing it. Um, he said he feels 100% now. No concern that it's going to flare up again, whatever it is. But, uh, I mean, a healthy Zucker, if he can stay healthy, I mean, that, that's, that's just huge. For this team. Yeah, I, I, people are probably sick of it because I've been pumping his tires each of the past several off seasons, and he's gone on to have injury riddled, disappointing campaigns. But if if Zucker stays healthy, and you got to get it out of your mind that he's going to live up to his five and a half million dollar cap hit because he's not. But if Zucker stays healthy, he could be the Penguins' X factor as a guy. And and keep in mind, he's not going to be getting a lot of top power play time, if any at all. And I, I see him, if, if he's healthy for the majority of the season, I don't see why he, he can't pace it, you know, 20, 22, 23 goals and hover around the 45-point pace over 82 games. That's that's close to what he, he paced last season while he was hurt most of the year, right? So if he comes back and is at that level or, or can, can even get a little bit higher than that, that's going to be huge because, you know, Danton Heinen's a guy I like who could potentially slot in on that second line, but outside of him, you know, it, it's Zucker and, and who else? Maybe you throw Raquel on his off wing and bump Kappen and up, but then your your depth further down your forward core is just getting worse and worse. 
Yeah, probably safe to say Kapanen's the other really big X factor in this lineup. I know you you wrote about him. Yeah, he, um, you know, he, people are probably sick of hearing this too, but, you know, Kapanen, he, he really feels like he lost his his swagger and his confidence last year, and he, he has looked good throughout this training camp, but last training camp he looked really good too, and Sullivan was talking about how he could be a game-breaker for the Penguins, and then he went out and produced basically the exact same stat line and twice as many games as he did the season prior. Um, but yeah, he, he told me he just couldn't really get out of his own head. And, uh, the, the one thing about Kapanen last season is that every season of his career, he was basically a replacement level, uh, defender in his own end last season. He actually graded out slightly above league average for forwards. So when I was talking with him, I kind of made it a point to acknowledge that, you know, it wasn't completely awful. You did clean it up in your own end a little bit. And I asked him if he thought that that came at the expense of his offense. And he basically just told me, he's like, look, I, I wasn't putting the puck in the back of the net. I wasn't helping offensively. I had to bear down in, in the defensive zone so that I could justify my spot in the lineup. Yeah. And then uh, we can probably just touch on the last preseason game. Cause I know a lot of people are still talking about it. So they lost six to two to what was essentially the Grand Rapids Griffins. And I know if we look at the comments, I was looking at the comments on like this site and like our YouTube channel from after the game and their comments like start the rebuild, <laughs> same team as last year. And <laughs> we were just talking about before we started recording, but people's reactions to that game are just crazy. I, it's a dress rehearsal. It's not that any particular players really looked bad. Um, they just didn't look cohesive. The word Brian Rust used was discombobulated. Um, he, he did. He said, you know, we're not used to playing NHL games, which sounds weird, I guess, coming from someone that's been in the league for so long. But yeah, he said, we're just used to playing uh, summer hockey, like their pickup games, and um, they just need to get in sync again. It, 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 Sullivan, when you know, he was talking about that game after, he even called it like reps. It's, it's reps. It's, this is practice. It's not real. <laughs> My question for anybody who said anything outrageous or started feeling some type of way about that game, I would love for any of you to please tell me a significant preseason game from any season prior that stood out to you that was indicative of a team season, one way or the other, good or bad, right? I I legitimately, I remember going to preseason games. I, I'm sure I've watched preseason games. I don't remember one that stood out where I was like, oh God, like the the third line tonight was just garbage. Like this, the season's ruined. This is the same team as last year. And he, even on the positive side, I mean, I know it's, it's cool to get excited to be like, oh yeah, we won six to one or whatever, but you know, you're not automatically like, oh, Oh, we're going on to to win the cup. So when you're sitting there saying same old team as last <laughs> year, they're in playoff form already. What if if it makes you that miserable? Why why are you investing your energy to it in the first place? Yeah, meaningless game. I I think if like Crosby, Malkin, Latang were going 110 percent in that game, then we'd kind of be like, why? Right? Like the, something Sullivan talked about after the game is that. He, you know, his experience being around veteran players, he didn't name any in particular, but, you know, obviously they got three uh, pretty, pretty obvious. Too, yeah, he said about. that, you know, guys like that, they know what they need to get out of these games in order to get ready for the season. Um, that might not necessarily be going 100% and I, I, I maybe if they really wanted to win that game, Crosby, 
you know, could have his line, they maybe could have sparked a rally, but it's also not that deep. Um, no, it is not that deep at all. <laughs> no, we've already wasted too much time in that game. We're going to take another break. Uh, I'm going to come back and talk about some stuff that really matters, like haircuts. We are back. We normally try to save this third segment for just fun stuff, observations in the locker room, uh, stuff we want to talk about. And something I really want to talk about is Valtteri Pustinen. And just that the fact that he speaks English now. Um, I mean, so I, I cover Wilkes story throughout the year. We were never allowed to do interviews with him just because he didn't he didn't speak English. I remember you go back to um, like training camp last year. He came in and he didn't really speak a word of English. I remember asking Sullivan, like, how they were navigating that. And he said, you know, they would always put him next to, like, Nicholas Almari, a Finnish defense prospect at the time. Not anymore. So he could translate. And you'd always see Pustin and really only palling around with the other Finns. But um, he, day one of training camp, he's doing a, a press scrum. Um, and... He, I mean, he, obviously he's still struggling with English, but um, it's just so funny to see. You can tell he loves doing it. Um, well, and he, he, knows, he knows he's hilarious. And even yes. if he's not seeing like any of the reaction on <laughs> social media or, or wherever it may be, he knows, he sees our reactions when we're talking to him and he gets a kick out of it. So he like, it, it's not the same as Malkin, but it's kind of the same where they're like, playing along with it too because mm-hmm. they know what's going on and it, it's just awesome <laughs> yeah and well I, I even towards the end of last season like I um I talked to a couple the non-finnish speakers so guys like P.O. Joseph and Philip Hollander and then I would ask them just kind of like what kind of a guy is Valtteri Pustin and they would all immediately start laughing um and so even before his English wasn't you know that strong he uh, he was a real funny guy in the locker room. Something I did hear is um, he would crack a lot of jokes in the locker room, but what would happen is like he would think of the punchline and then he'd whisper to, like Philip Lindbergh or Casper Bjorkvist, like, how do I say this? And then he would say it in English. So he's always been that kind of funny guy. We're just seeing more of his personality uh, come out. Something funny he said on, on day one. You know, I asked him like what really he did to work on his English, what helped, and <laughs> something he said is... um. Rico, so his roommate on the road in Wilkes-Barre is Yuso Rikola. Rikola would put on movies and refuse to turn on the Finnish subtitles because he wanted to force Pustinen to learn. And Pustinen would, he's like, and I watching, and I say, Yuso, what happening now? And he's like, I just, his delivery is very funny. Um, even his vocabulary very limited. His, I think his favorite word is awesome. Everything's awesome. Uh, playing with Sidney Crosby, awesome. I'm sure that actually is awesome, but. Everything yeah, was awesome. I, I had a one-on-one with him, like the I think it was the second or third day of rookie camp, and I'm talking to him, and um, he, half the time he's like, "Oh, I I don't know what you're asking me." And then <laughs> finally, I was like, "All right, let me give you a, a softball here." I was like, "Who? Which one of these guys, aside from yourself, has impressed you the most throughout?" And this was at rookie camp, and he goes, "Uh." Uh, everyone, everyone's a really good player. And I was like, D- he knows he's hilarious. <laughs> he knows he's hilarious. I, I talked to him. Um, so during rookie camp, a, a bunch of the guys did go to uh, the Steelers game together that week in different groups. So, like a lot of the French guys went together, but one of the groups was 
Philip Hollander, his wife, and their baby, and then Philip Lindbergh and Valtteri Pustin. And so it's Swedes and then the Finns, not big football fans. And Hollander did say, like, when they got there, they realized they should have brought somebody with them that understood football because they didn't. Um, Valtteri, so I, I had to ask Valtteri Pustin about the game. He did say that last year him and some of the Finns would watch football on TV, but he didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then this was his first game uh, in person. Uh, he's like, it's awesome. He, you know, he's talking, he had a great time. And I'm like, did you understand any of it? And he's like, no, and like not at all. <laughs> and he's like, he said, I love the feeling. He's like, all the guys going, ooh, like he loved he had the cheering. He just loved being in the crowd. Um, yeah, Valtteri Pustin and just – He's a really funny guy, and I'm so glad that he's comfortable enough to start doing interviews because he's so funny. After I've talked to him like three times now uh, after practices, and I always say Kitos after, which is a thank you and finish. Um, and he thinks that's the funniest thing. Like I know I'm saying it right. Um, I I am starting to get like an Ole Huva back, which is your welcome. Um, today after practice, you missed it. We were talking about uh, Finnish swears. Um, <laughs> And I do know one, and I said it, and he thought it was very funny. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe, I don't know, we'll learn a little bit more from him. I know some of the, the, <laughs> the French guys like teaching, like French wears to uh, media, stuff like that. So uh, who said it was English swears? Because he said one in his first interview. <laughs> and I'm like, who, yeah. who taught him that? <laughs> um but uh, moving on, other fun locker room observations that we've seen so far. There's a lot of hair on this team. Uh, there's, there's some good hair on this team. Teddy Bluger, and, and... we have to talk about. All right, Teddy, well, you, you start. <laughs> yeah, Teddy Bluger's always had pretty short hair. I remember watching, you know, he played in the beauty league, the summer Minnesota beer league. He got, was the MVP because he got in a fight. Um, and he has long hair in it. And the Penguins, you know, they sent, like, their video team up there to talk to him about it. Uh, well, not about his hair, but about the, the beauty league. But and his, he's like, well, I'm not going to have it for the start of the season in his hair. Um, but Jordan and I talked about it and on, on our last episode. Like, long hair Teddy in the beauty league. It's like he's putting up seven points a game and he's fighting. We're like, is this just long hair Teddy? Like, <laughs> does it make him feral? Um, but so he comes in, I did talk to him already. And I was like, are you, are you keeping the hair? Um, he said, he, he's gonna, he's gonna see how it goes. Um, he said it is a little harder to maintain, but when he says see how it goes, Teddy is very like superstitious, but just changing anything whenever he gets into a funk, something Teddy does is he'll alternate either wearing his helmet and warm-ups or not wearing it, depending on how things are going. So he's starting off right now, no helmet and warm-ups, as guys with hair like that do. But if, like, like during the season, what we've seen before is, like, if Teddy, like, kind of goes into a drought, then we'll start wearing his helmet and warm-ups. And then if he goes into another drought, then we'll take the helmet back off. So I think that's what's going to happen with the hair. Um, so if, you know, Penguins start losing, if Teddy doesn't have a good start to the season, I think the hair's going to go. But, well, I mean, there's... I all, all respect to the the long hair game. I I think Teddy's long hair needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I know he's still getting used to, it, but I mean, like a, a lot of these guys, like Ricardo Kell, like Brock McGinn, a lot of them come in. They look like they haven't gotten their hair cut all summer. Just uh, just that's the vibe in the locker room right now. Well, I, I I'm putting all three of those guys like hair game over over Teddy all day. Yeah, I will. And 
of the of the prospects, not like such a. I know you're big on Nolan Collins. We, okay, he, okay, fine. Oh, you're just gonna <laughs> jump it out of the way. Nolan Collins has phenomenal hair. It's, yeah. it's like poofy, but like thick, but not too thick. It, it's incredible. You look at it, and you're like, "What are you doing with that head of hair, kid?" Yeah. Nolan Collins, if people don't know who we're talking about, defense prospect, he was their sixth-round pick this year. Um, he was injured. He's healthy now. Might see him in an exhibition game. But, yeah, he has crazy hair. It's hard to miss. Like when he's, you, you can spot him from however far he away he well, is at the he, ring. He's super tall, too, and then you add his – like his hair probably goes up at least like as high as mine does, but it also goes like <laughs> out and it's long and like slick back, and you're like, oh, my God. Him, honestly, best hair in the organization. Like when a lot of people that you got like, oh, Chris Letang, like they, you know, the guys that put a lot of effort into it, but it just like the naturally like thick hair like that. Nolan Collins and then Judd Caulfield, Judd Caulfield, who's not in this camp, but um, Ford prospect, uh, North Dakota, North Dakota. He's kind of the same thing. Like um, Nolan Collins, it's like uh, like JFK Jr. If you know who like what his hair. Was like very, I mean, very famous for his hair too, just like how thick it is. That's what I think of when I when I look at with those two guys, just uh, crazy. But um, well, and facial hair. You asked uh, Todd Reardon about his goatee. <laughs> yeah. So after the uh, the Penguins B team got their their butts whooped in Columbus, it, it was literally just me and and one other person from the Penguins media there. So you know, we we ran through like a couple minutes worth of questions, and then it was all done. I uh, I went ahead and asked Reardon. I was like, gonna go ahead and keep the goatee for the season because yeah, I don't remember him ever having a goatee, at least with the Penguins. I feel like I've maybe seen him with it, maybe when he was with the Capitals. Um, but anyway, I was like, you're gonna keep the goatee for the season. He he started laughing. He's like, well, you know, if if we keep having games like the game we had tonight, probably not. <laughs> um, so I I got a pretty good kick out of that. My my favorite thing like. So guys in Pittsburgh, like the guys who live here, they'll get haircuts over the course of the season. Wilkes-Barre, most of the players in Wilkes-Barre haven't really been in Wilkes-Barre before. Um, nobody in Wilkes-Barre gets haircuts during the year. A, a couple, like I know P.O. Joseph has like a barber he posts about a lot. and So, but other than really like P.O. Joseph, I know Sam Hood went to the same one too. Most of them. By the end of the year, they very much have that look of like I've been here for months and I don't know where to get a haircut in this city. Uh, most of them will spare hair by the end of the year. That's um, it's always fun to follow because they all have that, that same look uh, by the end, and then just going into the playoffs, it's uh, it's a great look. But um, we've spent too much time talking about hair. Probably a good time to wrap it up. I know you have 90s Nickelodeon shows to get uh, get watched to get caught up on. You missed a lot, but uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch Keenan and Kel. Um, who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Right over your head. You don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I think it's on Hulu. But anyway. Thanks for joining us. We drop new episodes every Thursday. Jordan's going to be back next week, I believe. Uh, she's in Florida. Would not want to bother her. <laughs> she's having a good time. But uh, thanks for joining us. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Spotify, the podcast app on Apple, Audible. There's a million of them. Or subscribe to the DK Pittsburgh Sports YouTube, uh, where you can watch the videos. That helps us a lot, too. But uh, thanks for listening, watching, and we hope you'll join us next week. Oh, 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 oh,